Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Aaron Randolph, the artistic director of the QC Theater Workshop, and also with Daniel Rairdon Hale, theater chair and associate professor at St. Ambrose University, about their upcoming production, The Little Prince. Welcome, Aaron and Dan. Thank you, Carolyn. It's nice to be here. Now, The Little Prince opens this weekend, and the two of you had pivotal roles in bringing this to our community. The play is based on the beloved French novella by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, but Aaron, you adapted and completely rewrote it for this production. What compelled you to do that, and how does this play differ from the original story? Well, uh, I've always loved this book, and it's it's such a wonderful story because it's essentially a piece of philosophy uh, masked as a children's fairy tale. And so I, I think it has wonderful depth, but it's also really imaginative and uh, very engaging. And I always thought reading it that it would just make a really wonderful play. Um, and so when I sat down to write it, originally I just took the book pretty much as it was and made it into a play. And then we've been uh, reorganizing and restructuring it to make it more theatrically engaging and also one of the big challenges was the language because it's, it's an older book. It was written, you know, in the 1940s and it was also translated from French. And so the language is kind of antiquated. And so we've really been updating it and finding a lot of the humor in it and just making it more accessible to a modern audience. Mm-hmm. And remind us if you can of the storyline behind the little prince. Uh, basically the story is uh, a guy crash lands in the desert uh, in his plane. And while he's in the middle of the desert, this little boy approaches him and, uh, claims that he's from outer space. He's from another planet and he's traveling around meeting people who live on other worlds. And, um, the play kind of follows their relationship and the boy recounting his travels to all these different places he's visited. Mm-hmm. And there are some very adult themes. You'd mentioned that it's, it's somewhat disguised as a children's book, but there are these themes throughout it of loneliness and, and love, loss, mm-hmm. um, really uh, um, important messages for, for all of us. So this is an all-ages show. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be very engaging for children because it, it has a lot of humor. It's very visually dynamic. But the depth of the story and the kind of uh, life lessons it touches on, I think, will really be uh, meaningful to adults. And and I think the message of it, of finding the beauty in day-to-day life and not just focusing on the end goals, but actually enjoying the journey, is something that is really simple to say, but it has it comes through in a very profound way through the story. Mm-hmm. At one point in the book, the... Um, the little prince says to the narrator that um, in one planet that he visited, uh, all the adults are traveling by train. They're they're going a million miles an hour, and only the children are looking out the window mm-hmm. at what's around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of a good summary for me about kind of what I took away yeah. from rereading this this very classic book. Mm-hmm. Dan, you designed all the puppets and masks used in the production, and I understand that you yourself will be performing the role of the little prince. Yeah. How did you learn to do this? 
so Aaron Hook and I uh, have worked together on a couple of different projects at St. Ambrose, um, making puppets for Alice in Wonderland. We did a production, oh, eight years ago, maybe. Uh, and then I did some masks for a Commedia production and also for The Tempest recently. Um, and just kind of learned by doing. Um, did my own research and figured out how to do it. And through trial and error, um, made the masks and the puppets that we needed to make for uh, for our shows at Ambrose. Uh, so Aaron Hook, uh, who's the technical director at St. Ambrose, um, he's, uh, he's helping to uh, design the puppets. Um, the, the snake and the rose uh, and the fox. Uh, the little prince, though, I'm constructing pretty much through trial and error in my basement, and uh, it's just about done. <laughs> the snake, the rose, and the little fox are important characters in the in mm-hmm. the in the book. And uh, what materials did you use to make to make the puppets and the masks? So the masks are uh, neoprene masks. Um, so I, I sculpt out of clay what the mask will look like, and then do a plaster cast of that, and then pour neoprene, which is a rubberized latex. Um, but then on top of that, we're putting uh, words from the chapters of each character uh, in tissue paper over their faces and then doing a watercolor uh, with acrylic paints. Um, but it has a watercolor look to it, so it, it should look like the, the masks are made out of the pages of the book uh, and done in a similar painting style to the illustrations in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how the masks are made, or with neoprene. Um, the puppets are a combination of wood and springs and fabric, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, and, <laughs> Probably uh, the most important ingredient. Yeah, yeah. But um, for every for every mechanism that works, uh, we've tried ten times on things that didn't work. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been it's been a long process creating these puppets. But how did you learn to do that? Because you're you're the theater chair at St. Ambrose. Do you mm-hmm. do you have an artistic background as well? Yeah, I, I actually graduated from St. Ambrose University and uh, took a lot of art classes while I was there um, with Kristen Quinn and Les Bell and a bunch of other great people. So um, so I like to paint. I like to sculpt. Uh, I've taken 3D design. Um, but I, I've always enjoyed tinkering and, and um, building and creating, so mm-hmm. just trial and error. Erin, <laughs> how did you begin to envision puppets in this work? When did you decide that that would be a great addition? Well, uh, Dan and I had talked about working on this play uh, probably uh, like a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. It just kind of started kicking the idea around. And I, I had worked with Dan on some of his previous productions. Like I had written the music for his production of Alice in Wonderland that he did that was full of puppets. And, and so I was familiar with his work there. And I just felt like this story really lent itself to that sort of uh, fantastical element of using puppetry because it's – you know the the only real person in this story is the the aviator who crashes in the desert and all these other things are and he's the narrator of the book right right yep the narrator and so all these other elements are either memories or they're stories that the little prince is telling and so i thought that that would be a great way to differentiate between the real world and the kind of fantasy world of the story mm-hmm. so the puppet really transforms the little prince in a, in a, in a way yeah, uh, it it makes his character even a little more magical. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, on a functional level, one of the things because we had talked about, well, should we get a child actor to play the the little prince, or how are we going to deal with that? And the decision we came to was, um, 
the little prince is such the the emotional core of the play trying to find uh, a six-year-old kid who could really carry a, an hour-long show and and show the emotional range and depth just on a, a functional level would be really challenging and so we thought dan playing that through a puppet would both bring out the fantasy element of the story and also allow a really seasoned, talented actor to to play the range of emotions that that <laughs> character needed to, to display. That is, that's really perfect, Dan, because not only did you create the puppets and the masks, but you are the, the pr- little prince. In yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to play it. Mm-hmm. There's the line in the book where the fox gives the little prince a secret that one sees clearly only with the heart. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's so true, I think, of children. Some adults maintain that ability, but as we grow older, we trust our eyes more. We trust what we can see is real, and we're less able to believe in, in magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's it, to me, it's about the 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 difference between being so so focused on the functional instead of the the beauty in our lives you know children are so like you talked about with looking out the windows of the train adults are so focused on the getting someplace or achieving something or buying something and that's where we find our joy is is from these these goal posts that we set instead of of embracing the beauty that's around us all the time. The a big plot point in the story is the little prince keeps trying to get the aviator to watch the sunset with him. And he's always too busy. He doesn't have time for that right now. And it kind of begs the question of, well, if you don't have the time to enjoy your life and appreciate the beauty around you and connect with the people in your life, then what's the point of all this work we're doing and being so busy? And, and the number of sunsets you have in your life are finite. And I think the impermanence is part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just one more example of why this is so appealing to people. I had read that it's one of the most translated books in the entire world. It's been mm-hmm. translated into to over 300 different languages and dialects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the most published French language book uh, ever. And that speaks highly of it because there's there's a lot of wonderful pieces of French literature but I think this touches people on a, a very unique level um, because it you know it, it speaks to everyone it's mm-hmm. something that's universal yeah when was the little prince originally written and and what can you tell us about the author Antoine de Saint-Exupéry it was published in 1943 and uh, he was a pilot um, and the book is somewhat autobiographical he crash landed in the sahara desert and kind of had a uh uh, existential crisis while he was there the author in real life yeah the author in Mm -hmm. real life and so he took kind of what he gained from that uh time in the desert by himself trying to figure out if he was gonna make it out alive it affected the rest of his life and he turned that revelation into this children's book and uh uh, unfortunately, uh, right the year after he wrote it, he ended up crashing his plane again and, and passed away that time. Um, and I've joked he's, he's a better writer than a pilot, unfortunately, but, um, <laughs> he, he, um, he, but I'm so glad he left us this story because it, it really is a, just a wonderful piece of literature. Mm-hmm. So the author and the little prince really have similar fates. And we don't know what happens to the little prince at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to um, be a spoiler for mm-hmm. those people who are going to go see it. But um, 
but suffice it to say that 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 there is a lot of mystery and uncertainty about what happens to the little prince, mm-hmm. um, as um, as with the with the author himself. And this was written against the backdrop of World War II. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of the artists, whether it was uh, authors or musicians or painters, there was such a sense of like you know, this is the end of the world, you know? I mean, people didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, they didn't know that World War II would work out the way it did. And so I think there was really such a deep sense of self-reflection and the meaning of life imbued in so much of the artwork of that time. And and this is definitely a seminal work uh, examining kind of the, the purpose and nature of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really beautiful, um, beautiful messages. And he really uh, gives us in a very subtle way an argument against pursuing materialism mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that and, and living your life more simply and um, and uh, and memorably mm-hmm. and living really in the moment. The book, The Little Prince, is very, you know, is entrancing for many reasons primarily because of the storyline, but also the illustrations in the book were original watercolors mm-hmm. done by the artist himself. And uh, you have had an illustrator working with you on this project? Yeah, uh, Joseph Lappy um, at St. Ambrose University. He's the chair of the art department, um, and he's in the book arts program and uh, does printing, but also um, watercolors as well. So he, he was doing some original uh, artwork for us uh, that will eventually be on our flyers and our posters um to promote the show yeah that's beautiful that really ties it all together yeah. you know in a way and um you know when you have uh um Aaron you doing the writing and Dan making the puppets and the um and the illustrations as well that's really a complete uh show yeah it's yeah. it's all handcrafted by local artists the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, and um, and there's also original music being written for it as well. Um, I mean, Aaron Randolph writes music, and we're also um, commissioning a few other uh, musicians to compose various pieces throughout. Right here in the Quad Cities, is there any hope that this could travel at some point? Uh, yeah, actually, we're um, working with some theaters to try and get some travel dates uh, over the summer. So uh, we've got a couple that are pretty close to being locked in, but nothing we can announce quite yet. So both of you are quite experienced in your craft. Uh, Dan, this is not the first production you've created masks and puppets for, um, because I understand, and you mentioned earlier that you made the mask for The Tempest. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn from your experience with that show? And are you, uh, is it, is it uh, becoming a little bit easier with time or are there still immense challenges with this? Yeah. Well, every process is a little bit different and um, I kind of see each show as its own learning experience. Uh, So there are processes that were helpful in The Tempest that aren't as helpful here, but there are some that carry over. Um, As far as the puppets go, this is the first time that I'm making uh, articulated uh, arms that that one person can operate. Uh, The puppets I've built for Alice in Wonderland were uh, Boon Rakub style, so three performers would control the arms, the legs, the head, and the the torso. Um, But I'm trying to create a puppet that acts like a Boon Raku puppet uh, that one performer can control. So um, so rather than three people controlling the arms and the feet and the head, uh, it's just going to be me. So um, I'm building 
little skis that will attach the feet to my feet, and each arm has its own uh, set of springs and cables so that I can bend its wrists and its elbows, um, and its head can be controlled with just my thumb. Um, but it's a uh, it's it's unique to this production because I haven't had to build something like that for The Tempest or Commedia or Alice in Wonderland. And you're ha- you have a little bit more time to do this now because I understand you're on uh, sabbatical from St. Ambrose. Yes, yes. This semester I'm on sabbatical, so I have plenty of time when I'm not chasing after my own four kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I have I have more time than I would if I was teaching a full load. Mm-hmm. And how lovely that, that universities really offer that because it gives mm-hmm. creative people, intellectual people, that time to pursue their interests that really would be hard to be hard to carve out that time I'm imagining between all your other duties as an administrator and, and teaching students. Oh, absolutely! It it is. Um, I'm I'm lucky to have this opportunity. It seems to me that puppetry is being used more frequently now. I read that there is a um, production in Chicago, Pinocchio, that's using puppets, and there's currently a show on Broadway as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, the House Theater is is doing Pinocchio right now. Um and there was recently a a puppetry festival in Chicago, um January or February. Um so it's it's definitely an art form on its own, but um yeah, I think more and more theaters are starting to embrace uh the theatrical because it is different from movies. Yeah, I think theater right now is embracing more of the uniquely theatrical aspects of theater. It's it's embracing that, I think, in part as a way to differentiate itself from film and Netflix and television. And I think that's great because it, it really it's something you can't do as effectively on film. You know, War Horse is a great example. You can make a great film out of it, but War Horse on stage is something completely unique to behold because of the giant puppet. It's 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 spectacle. It's yeah, really it's, wonderful. It's own magical experience. And if you want hyper-realism, then watch a movie because that's what you can get with, with movies. But if you want a theatrical experience, a communal experience between live actors and audience members, then come see the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm sure the little prince will transport us in that way. Um, you know, there is something so lovely about sitting in a small enclosed space with other people watching the the same thing and mm-hmm. and being faced with the the same deep themes that this that this production brings out. Absolutely. And Aaron, you've written other plays as well. Mm-hmm. Um, besides this current adaptation, what what were those? Uh, well, I've written uh, now this will be the third production I've done for the workshop. Uh, I wrote uh, a Green River, which we did in our first season and which will be performed again this summer at the Mississippi Bend Players. Uh, And then I also wrote a play called Broken. Um, Both of those plays were pretty heavy subjects. One was about post-traumatic stress disorder. The other one was about human trafficking. So I thought maybe we'd lighten it up a little bit and do a children's (laughs) show. Uh, And this show definitely, I mean, it still has a lot of heart and depth, but it's it's a much funnier and lighter show overall. Um, But I've also written a number of children's pieces for Davenport Junior Theater and St. Ambrose and... Um, and so this is kind of an interesting melding of those two worlds, uh, where I get to write something that's fun and light and appropriate for all ages, but also I think has a lot of the same depth and, and, uh, theatricality of the other plays that I've done for the workshop. Mm-hmm. How has working in theater inspired you to write? Um, I, you know, I, 
I've done theater since I was in high school and I really, I just love the art form. I love the style of storytelling. Um, I don't think I would enjoy writing books or um, poetry as much as I do theater because I love the collaborative nature of it. I love the fact that I make something and then I give it to somebody else and they then build off of that and make something even greater. Um, you know, like with Dan, I, I write the lines, but I give it to him and then he finds ways to say them that I couldn't have ever imagined myself. And so it's, I, I love the collaboration of the art form. Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned Aaron Hook and I know he was also integral to this to this performance, to the performances that you're having. Um, but I'm sure many other people are involved. So can you tell us a little bit about your cast and crew? Sure. Uh, so Aaron Hook, as you mentioned, is our scenic and lighting designer. Um, Amelia Fisher is another cast member. Um, she's also an Ambrose grad, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and she works at Comedy Sports, and you might have seen her in shows at the Music Guild or at the Spotlight Theater recently. Um, so she does theater in the area as well. Um, and she'll be playing a lot of the other characters in the show. Uh, and then Zach Lawson is our stage manager. Um, so he'll make sure the lights get up and down and the sound starts when it's supposed to and everything is running smoothly yeah. for the production. All those important things. And those that behind-the-scenes work is always so important, something mm -hmm. that we forget as a viewer. Mm -hmm. You know, we just see the people on the stage, but really it's the behind-the-scenes workers that, that create the atmosphere that we that we want. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of hours that go into lighting a show or building the scenery or just running the show and making sure the stage is swept and ready to go when it's time to go. There's so much behind the scenes that we don't even don't even see. Well, I was wondering, how did you all connect? I know you're both um, graduates of St. Ambrose, so mm -hmm. so uh, mm -hmm. good for that university. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but how did you find each other, and how did you start? working on these projects well we we actually uh, were in a few plays together while we were students we overlapped by a, a couple of years um i think we were both in the band for a period mm -hmm. of time yeah the, we both played trumpet yeah yep. so uh <laughs> yep. uh so yeah we we knew each other in college um and then out of college uh at saint ambrose we've brought Aaron uh, back to write original music uh for some of our productions um we've also commissioned him to write plays for us i think um the plagiarists and dakota jones and the search for atlantis yeah. um so so we've had a a working relationship as well um bringing him in as a guest artist uh so that he can work with our next generation of students yeah well, i'm really proud of the theatrical community in the quad cities it's quite robust mm -hmm. right yeah. now at this at this time and the little prince is being performed at the qc theater workshop where is that located uh we are located at 1730 wilkes which is just a block off of five points in davenport just down locust street from uh the five points intersection mm -hmm. and how can someone make a reservation because i understand you, you don't sell tickets in, in the traditional format yeah, we're we're a little weird. We do pay what it's worth pricing, and we'll be doing that for this show as well. So people can go to our website, which is qctheaterworkshop.org. Uh, it's theater with an R-E instead of E-R. Um, and they can make reservations right on our website. Um, and the way it works is you come see the show, and then you pay on your way out the door whatever you thought that was worth. So it's, it's kind of a, a donation system. Mm -hmm. And how many seasons now has a theater been operating? This is our seventh season. 
and uh, we're working on putting together uh, our show list for our eighth season, but uh, we're very excited about where we're at as an organization. Mm -hmm. Productions like this are very expensive and are usually not covered by the cost of admission, and and Mm -hmm. in your case, by the donations. Who who are some of your sponsors that have made the QC Theater Workshop possible? Well, we're very uh, happy that we were able to get a grant from the QC Arts uh, Dollars Grant organization. It was uh, a huge help to this production. Um, Being able to bring someone like uh, Daniel or Aaron Hook uh, to be able to pay them what they're worth, uh, that was a huge help for our organization because we we do run on a very limited budget. So we're extremely grateful to the QC Arts for that grant. Well, Aaron Randolph and Dan Raritan-Hale, thank you so much for talking today and best of luck with your upcoming performances. Thank you very much. Thank you. Come see The Little Prince, one of the next three weekends at the QC Theater Workshop. Shows start this Friday and Saturday, April 26th and 27th at 7.30 p.m. Additional performances will be held throughout the weekends of May 3rd through 5th and May 10th through 12th. Reservations can be made online at qctheaterworkshop.org, where you can find a complete listing of performance dates and times. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Kell.